Welcome to the heartbeat. So if you've been following along for a while, you know that I have been traveling the world from my backpack, recently left LA. It's been a week and a half now. Um, kind of crazy. <laughs> I feel like a different person, to be completely honest with you. And so much has been coming up. I think I grew more as a person by leaving that place and letting go than actually up-leveling and getting that amazing, beautiful vortex of an apartment that I was in. Um, And as I'm going through a huge transition in my life, not just with living, but even uh, some work stuff is changing, um, some dynamics with friends is changing, some, uh, there's lots of old dying away and new being surfaced, and it's kind of fun but I love uncertainty. (laughs) That's why I travel the world from a backpack. (laughs) I love uncertainty and variety. And so I eat it up and I kind of dive into the darkness, um, not knowing what's next and kind of gotten comfortable with that. And I'm observing uh, my conversations with clients and, and just friends in my life, acquaintances. And there's not a single person that I know that's not going through a transition or a change or is not being nudged by their heart to shift in some way right now. Um, and that says a lot. So we're going through a lot collectively on the macro and the micro of uh, even internally in ourselves. And there's this notion of the old way and the old way of doing things is kind of falling and there's a new way being emerged whether that's uh, your job and your career and your finances or your health or your spirituality or your relationships, uh, but then even in the world, right? We're, have, we're witnessing it in real time. And one of those constructs uh, that we're going to talk about today on the podcast is some myths, some assumptions of being single and specifically a single woman. I know most of you guys listening are women, so um, the, this episode is geared more towards singles out there. But I think it'd help be helpful for you too if you're in a relationship, um, just to have awareness of this. If you got single friends, and some of the pressure that society puts on singles, uh, and what you're supposed to feel and what the supposed to is is supposed to be like. That fuck the supposed to. We get to write it now. We get to figure out what we want for ourselves, and that's the supposed to. What you're supposed to do is what's true for you, not what somebody else tells you to do. And it took me fucking forever to figure that out. And so that's our conversation today on the podcast. We kind of talk about a lot of things um, as usual, but the main one being the single life and some constructs there that are being rewritten in the now in 2020 as so much change is happening. Um, before we dive into the conversation, I do want to remind you guys that if you haven't subscribed to this podcast, be sure to do that. Share with a friend. As always, we covered so many different topics about just truth and love. And also, if you're not a part of the book club, you might want to join the book club. It's free. Head over to heartguy.com and click on my courses tab. Click on free stuff. You can see the book club there. We're covering new books every single month. Uh, This next month is a book on emotional intelligence that I'm really excited to dive into with you guys. So anyway, that's enough about that. Make sure you go do that stuff. Get plugged in. And without further ado, you're listening to The Heartbeat.
what is on your heart to talk about today. Hi, Kevin. What's on my heart to talk about today is the propensity of women to be judged solely by our relationship status. Specifically, yeah, let's go. Yeah. <laughs> especially, especially single women. It, it, I believe I've seen it happen to all women, sometimes positive and negative connotations, but um, especially single women, I just believe our relationship status is too heavily weighed in determining who we are as women. Mm-hmm. You mean like what people believe about themselves when they're single? I think it's it's a combination of things. It's what other people determine about women based on their being single, especially um, of a certain age. And then I believe those outside opinions and outside ideas can be adopted by us. And so we start to believe those things about ourselves. We portray those philosophies onto other women. So I don't even believe it's just men or just society. I think those ideas are something that have been kind of ingrained into us. And so we judge ourselves and other women by their relationship status. Like for being single. Yeah. Yeah. For being single, you think, you know, that maybe there's something wrong with you or there's something wrong with it. You know, there's nothing wrong with with being single. I totally understand. We all desire companionship and a partner with whom to share our life journey. Well, I won't, I won't say all, you know, but many of us desire that. Um, but this idea that if we don't have it, that there's something wrong with us or there's something wrong with being single in general, I mm-hmm. believe is an issue. That's a, it's a huge one. And especially even like, I know, uh, just from helping a lot of people with healing codependency, there's a lot mm-hmm. like, if, especially if they're jumping from relationship to relationship, mm-hmm. there's a lot, like if there is a lull time and you're not in a relationship and something's wrong and mm-hmm. uh, what, do you, what do you think that is? Yeah, you know, I think it all plays into that it being attached to our sense of self, you know, and our self-esteem, so to speak, because and I just like you said, just the codependency of jumping from relationship to relationship because you just have to have someone. And then also, I believe we sometimes stay in unhealthy relationships or relationships that we know aren't good for us just because we kind of hang our hats on having a partner. You know, and we're afraid to be single and afraid to be alone and afraid that it somehow negatively reflects on us. You know, sometimes relationships just don't work and you just haven't met the right person yet. Like that's a, that's an actual thing. It doesn't mean that there's something irreparably wrong with you just because you're single or just because your relationship didn't work or or anything like that. Right. Well, I mean, where do you where do you feel this all comes from? Like this stigma? Mm-hmm. Well, I believe it, it starts with traditional gender roles and societal constraints. You know, traditionally women yeah. were to be the child bearers and the wives and we're viewed as a ball and chain. <laughs> and I think that's the big difference. You know, when a man is single, it's, oh, he's a bachelor. He's just having fun. He'll settle down when he's ready. But as a woman throughout history has been kind of our duty to have children and we're taught to aspire to marriage and, and, and find a Prince Charming from the time that we're girls. But the problem is boys aren't taught the same. So now you have girls who grow into women aspiring to marriage and a family and settling down. But we have, you know, if you are heterosexual, then you have boys who grow into men who are taught something completely different, who are high fived for being with as many women as they can and things along those lines. So there's a disconnect there. But I definitely think it starts with society and the the traditional roles that have been set for us. 
I believe we've evolved a lot. And, you know, with the women's empowerment movement and things like that, we've definitely evolved and come a long way. But, you know, old traditions and especially old mindsets die hard. Right. Yeah, I definitely feel it's it's a lot of just ingrained culturally in us. Mm -hmm. And I think too, it's something to mention too, like it's also, it also happens for men, uh, some Mm -hmm. of the stigmas and even just speaking from my own experience of like some of the thoughts that were going through my head of, Oh, I'm not in a relationship and you know, my mom's pressuring me or like, (laughs) or Mm -hmm. I have all these people talking about like, where's, where's your girlfriend and all these things. And I'm like, Oh, Mm -hmm. should I I be in a relationship right now? (laughs) And it's almost like we don't, really check ourselves until other people say something and then we start Mm -hmm. questioning our own integrity and authenticity which is interesting right like Mm -hmm. i was even noticing that in regards to work uh today i had some stuff Mm -hmm. come up and somebody said something and i was like "Ooh, should i be doing that too and then i like started (laughs) questioning all of my like stuff and i caught myself and i'm like what the fuck like you were fine before this before this, like you're, you're doing you, you know what you're doing. You're good. Like I didn't, I didn't need to add the extra thing, you know? And mm-hmm. um, I think the same is true with, with what we're talking about here. It's being come up mm-hmm. in relationships of like, just because of the topic of conversation. I mean, even especially with women, right. It's, I think it's just more drawn to relationships, even though I, you know, mm-hmm. I have had so many amazing conversations with men just about relationships, but mm-hmm. I know just from, coaching so many women and also my time with fitness being around group fitness and always being around women there too uh our majority mm-hmm. women the conversations almost 100 percent about relationships mm-hmm. um, and again yeah. we're doing better with the women's empowerment movement and you know other things going on but i think there's something to be said with like having something else going on in your life other than just who, mm-hmm. you're, dating, who you're talking to because that can really <laughs> dig you in a yeah. hole <laughs> yeah totally and you know i'm i'm certain this happens to men as well i actually got some feedback from a man who said um because i wrote a book on this topic and i actually i write articles on this topic and mm-hmm. things of that nature and i had someone reach out to me with feed, feedback a guy who said this happens to guys too i actually had a huge blow up with my mother and my sister because every time i would come over for holidays or dinner they would just badger me about who i'm dating and when i'm getting married and when i'm having children and i just got and he just got sick of it and kind of blew up at them they've they've since smoothed it over but i'm sure it totally happens with men i just think it's more prevalent when it comes to women but yeah it's like you said it's just the fact that it's always seems to be the topic of conversation and that's very interesting to me and it's also very disheartening and unnerving to me like we are so much more than relationship status we are so much more than we're dating or you know being parents you know you're a whole person in and of yourself so it does bother me when if you're single anytime you go out with friends or anytime you go anywhere sometime somehow some way it comes into the conversation of of you know who are you dating why aren't you dating when will you be dating if you are dating when will you get married you know when will you have children it's just it's insane mhm yeah just like the, the questions from other people even too like I've, you know i've been single for shit the past two and a half years i would say <laughs> it's been very intentional oh, wow. and mm-hmm. um I mean, I've, in that time, there's so many, you know, people are like, like my friends, even close friends, like, oh, she was checking you out. Like, why didn't you like ask mm-hmm. her to get her number? I'm like, because I like, wasn't attracted to her. Like, <laughs> <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> like 
you know, like I can have my, right. my pick too mm-hmm. and it's my choice. Right. Uh, and, right. you know, I think that that's enough, that's enough reason. Yeah. Yeah. And there's this sense that because you're single, you're just supposed to pounce on every, <laughs> right. every human that is in the vicinity. That's exactly, I mean, I've had that experience too. And that's exactly what I'm talking about is like, oh, you, if you, if a friend wants to introduce me to someone and I'm like, oh, you know, I'm not interested, whether it's, you know, physical attraction or I talked to them a little bit and there was, you know, no connection or whatever. And they'll say something like, well, what? He's an attorney or he's this or he's that. You know, it's like, how dare you not be interested? <laughs> yeah. And it's like, well, that says more about what you think should be happening versus what I am kind of like writing in my intuition. It's just right, real, right. Yeah, trust. It's a big thing. Yeah. It's also, like, how dare you too. not be interested? Yeah. And that's another yeah. thing, too, to bring up of like, just, you know, we, we were, we've been talking, this happens to men and women, but it's more present with women. Um, mm-hmm. especially because you guys have a, like a biological clock mm-hmm. ticking. And I know it, it's very interesting to hear because I, you know, it usually kicks her in around 30, you know, like, oh, I'm turning mm-hmm. 30. All right, let's get my shit together and get, yeah. <laughs> it's time to do it. Husband, <laughs> like, do the things. And, mm-hmm. um, but I even have noticed that the pressure, even with younger women, um, mm-hmm. just really like if, if you're not like, husband material then like am they going to date you and like all this other stuff uh mm-hmm. or just just really being so focused to the outcome and actually there's a book um what is it called it, it, in sync with the opposite sex it's an audio book from allison mm-hmm. armstrong that she okay. talks about this where women project into the future like immediately mm-hmm. just subconsciously yeah. just part of your your biochemistry of like are you a, a match to bear my children <laughs> Mm-hmm. Uh, and basically but you're consciously thinking like about if you'll fit in a long-term relationship from the first mm-hmm. ga- like first interaction with the person mm-hmm. um mm-hmm. even if not consciously even on a subconscious level and especially after the first mm-hmm. second date like you're really starting to think about it and um i just think that that also plays a role in a lot of this of the anxiety mm-hmm. of like oh i'm yeah. single okay i gotta find somebody <laughs> and all this thing you know yeah, I believe it. And I'm sure just those pressures are what leads to that. It's like we're not allowed to just date to have fun. You know, mm-hmm. we can't be single and we certainly can't enjoy it. You know, we have to be looking for our husband every time we go on a date, you know. <laughs> so I'm sure those pr- pressure, those pressures play a role. But when you're talking about your friend, like that's an excellent point. Like I said, the same thing has happened to me personally. When I go out to an event or to a social outing or just leave the house, I don't do so on the prowl for a man. You know, <laughs> I go and I, I, I go to have a good time and enjoy my friends and enjoy whatever the event is. And if I happen to meet somebody, you know, of course, that's a bonus. I'm open to it, but I'm not out there to find someone. So it does yes. bother me when. You know, as soon as I show up, it's like, oh, well, let's see what, who's in the room for you that we can hook you up with. Or, <laughs> hey, look at that guy. It's just like, wow. <laughs> like, wow. And that's just what reinforces for me, you know, how you're kind of view when you're single as this problem that needs to be solved. You know, so mm-hmm. it's like, is that what you see me as? I can't just come here and have a good time. It has to be about finding someone for me, because clearly that's of importance to you. And yeah, I think I that's I'll, the place. I, I say that a lot. Like, it's not a game of hide and seek. You're not trying to mm-hmm. find them. Like, right. be yourself and have fun and know it's going to happen. 
Yeah, yeah. Be the person that you be the person or become the person that you need to be to attract what you want into your life. And I sincerely believe that you will. That's why maybe yeah. I'm not as pressed or pressured as some other women may be, because I believe if I do the work on myself and remove any barriers that I have against love and things of that nature, that I'll attract, you know, what I'm looking for if I become that person that I need to be to have it. So, but yeah, it's it's definitely disheartening and that and that happens to me too. It's just so weird. Like why, <laughs> like you said, like, why is it immediately like, oh, look at that person, look at this person. And, you know, I just want to have a good time and people want to throw that at you. It's like, that's all they can think about, which is, like I said, the biggest issue, just treating it like some kind of problem and you need to be fixed. And, and that's what bothers me most about the whole thing. But I think, like you were saying, I think that plays into why women may think ahead as soon as you meet a guy as soon as you talk to a guy you're asking him all these these questions and trying to envision okay what kind of father would he be what kind of husband would he be would we be compatible you know as a married couple you know first or second time you talk to someone and you're thinking about this already but i think that's what encourages that thought process is this pressure that we feel whether consciously or subconsciously to you know settle down and have children and things of that nature so what do you feel is a shift that needs to happen for those things to kind of dispel? You know, I try, I try to be optimistic and believe that a shift can happen. And I believe a shift has started to happen with the, with women's empowerment and us being seen more as whole human beings and not just baby makers or anything like that. But I also believe, like I said, traditions and old mindsets die hard. I've seen guys who, you know, they proclaim to be feminists and they say all the right things. But then after you've been around them for a while, like it was things will start to come out that they still have these same archaic mindsets about what a woman is supposed to do and, and you know, how she's supposed to be. Like I had a guy during my very first conversation we made on, met on a dating app. Our very first conversation, maybe the second or third thing he said to me was, you're in your 30s. You only have, you know, X amount of years probably to have children. Are you you're not a, you're not afraid or scared about that? <laughs> and my and I was just like, yeah, and I was just like, wow, <laughs> like it's pretty early for that. But I just was like, you know, what's to be what's to be afraid of? And why is that the first thing you thought about? You know, you see a woman who's single <laughs> right. and in her 30s and your first thought is, ooh, aren't you scared that you won't have children? You know, <laughs> it's just very interesting. So it's it's just a lot. And I think a shift is happening. It may just not be happening as fast as I like it to. But I think a shift is happening. But it's just about, like I said, old traditions, old mindsets, die hard. I've had other guys where their very first question to me in meeting was, you know, can I cook? <laughs> Which wow. is another, it all, right, where it all ties into the same thing where your very first question doesn't have anything to do with who I am as a person at all. It's about these societal norms and these traditions that you've been, that have been ingrained as far as what a woman is supposed to do and what she's supposed to be. Because whether or not it can cook really has little to do with the type of partner I'll be or whether or not we're compatible. But right. so that's why I said people try, but that mindset is still there. And I think, you know, it'll just take time it to, even if you do believe that to start to shift your well, approach. You know, I think, yeah, I think having conversations like this is how it's going to mm -hmm. be shifted. And it is more of a grassroots thing because it is just mm -hmm. in the individual like perspectives of people. It's not mm -hmm. like a, 
the light switch we can you know swing on yeah more of yeah how are you holding yourself and there's a c.s lewis quote even um that i love and i've been talking about probably every day for the past week it's um mm-hmm. it's not it, it's something along the lines of it's not the weight of a thing that breaks a man but the way he carries it or something along the lines mm-hmm. of that but it's mm-hmm. you know it's not that the the what's showing up that is mm-hmm. breaking it or breaking us down mm-hmm. or keeping us in the turmoil and believing the lies and believing believing all the the things that have been imprinted on us it's the way we're holding it the way we're carrying it and i mm-hmm. think that exactly. those internal shifts can change mm-hmm. it you know on the on the micro and, and internally and then on the macro or globally it's mm-hmm. it's just a matter of time just having the conversations mm-hmm. and bringing it to yeah i agree yeah, I agree. That's a big part of it, just awareness and having these open, honest conversations and getting people to look at themselves. Because sometimes, like you said, if the if the outlook is subconscious, you may not even know what you're doing. And I've had a couple of, well, of more than a couple guys who read my book reach out to me and say, you know, thank you for writing this. It made me realize some some things that I were doing while I was dating women that I didn't realize I was doing or the the impact or what it made it seem like to them. And just the self-awareness, you know, when you have these conversations and you can look at yourself and say, wow, I do that. And then you're more aware of it going forward. So I totally agree that conversation and just the awareness will help tremendously. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. Well, I know that you, like we mentioned, you wrote a book on this. Uh, mm-hmm. What's the book called? It's called Single Vet, Dispelling the Top 10 Myths of the Single Woman that and so mm-hmm. what are some of the myths well two of the big ones are the assumption that a single woman is lonely and the assumption that she's desperate and i think those two can kind of go hand in hand sometimes because if you assume she's lonely you naturally assume she's desperate and loneliness is a natural human condition we all get lonely sometimes but it's this assumption that a single woman is more profoundly lonely than the average person and she must be sitting on the couch watching love stories and crying into ice cream every night (laughs) just because she's so 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 lonely and that that's a myth because i mean as you were saying before we have to have more going on in our lives than who we're dating there has to be more to us than our relationship status and if you work on those things and you work to develop those things then you can't get so lonely that it's crippling you know so i know plenty of single women who enjoy their time being single they get to go and travel and do what they like to do focus on their careers and date to have fun and i've been that woman you know on many occasions so it's just but it's like you said once you get into your 30s or so it's like okay it's time to settle down time to have a family so if that's you and you're a woman it's like instantly assumed that you must be so lonely and then there comes the assumption that you're desperate well i can hear some people listening right now saying well i am lonely and desperate (laughs) (laughs) and like like, that feels so real what do you got to say to that what i have to say to that is I know it's tough. Like I said, I'm not immune to desiring partnership and companionship and love. I think most of us want that innately. But I think it's important to get to know yourself and get comfortable with yourself and have an intimate relationship with yourself. Then I promise you, you will be less lonely. You know, you'll still have your nights 
in your days where you feel lonely, you know, and you long for having that affection or someone there. But if you really develop a relationship with yourself and you learn to enjoy being alone, you will feel less lonely. I always encourage single women or single people in general to do things, you know, by yourself, take trips and things like that. I've I've gone on conferences. I've gone to conferences in other cities and I always take the time to sightsee and things like that by myself. And it's always amazing. You know, you can stay in the museum as long as you want to. You can walk around as much as you'd like to. There's no one there like, oh, my feet hurt. Can we go back? Or I don't want to do that. You can 100 percent focus on you and your desires and your own fulfillment. And I think during that process of focusing so much on yourself and doing things that bring you joy and pleasure, you learn how to love yourself. And that feeling will naturally make you feel less lonely and desperate. Right. So true. It's it, it really is like I mean, kind of it, it talks about a lot, right? Like build a relationship with yourself and love yourself. Mm -hmm. But like, there's a lot of what does that even mean? Like, how do I even start yeah. that? And honestly, just getting to know you, what mm -hmm. you like, um, mm -hmm. on like a really core level. Like you said, mm -hmm. like you can go places and do things, and nobody's like up your butt trying to figure it out. <laughs> like you know. Oh my God, but I want to do this or throwing a fight yeah. or pity parties or I'm tired you're of just this. able yeah. to do whatever the fuck you want to do. Mm -hmm. and it's freeing. Exactly. Um, exactly. Yeah, it's very freeing. Exploring that with yourself and just allowing mm -hmm. yourself to be like, I want to go in that store. Cool. I'm mm -hmm. really going to go And in just that doing store. it. <laughs> yeah. Um, right. And that, and I think right. something on that to talk on is like just space, giving yourself mm -hmm. space to explore what you like. Mm -hmm. instead of filling up mm -hmm. your calendar manically with seeing yeah. friends and and work <laughs> and all these th other things obligations mm -hmm. um you need space for a relationship and that's yeah something important yeah yeah totally i honestly don't believe that you can really know yourself unless you spend time with yourself independent mm -hmm. of the needs and wants of others because naturally if you're always around people or always around even just one person you naturally try to accommodate that person or you take on their likes and their interests, you know, and they may take on some of yours too, but a lot of who you are is, is influenced by those people that you're around, you know, and that's scientifically proven, you know, that theory about you are the five people that you spend the most time with or something like that, yeah. who you're around naturally influence you, influences you. So that's why I feel like you can't really know yourself unless you spend time with yourself because if you're always getting those outside influences and doing what other people want, want to do and making decisions based on what other people want or how they're going to feel about it, you don't really know what you would authentically do and what you would authentically want if you didn't have to consider another person. So that's why I think it's important. But you make a good point. Like we throw around, you know, learn how to love yourself and things like that. But it, it, it is kind of an abstract concept. Like, well, what does that mean? And I think that's the start. <laughs> I think that's yeah. the start. You know, think about what you enjoy. Think about what makes you happy, what brings you joy, what you like to do. And just start doing those things, you know, go, like you said, go in that store, take that trip. Just start doing those things that bring you joy independent of another person. Right. And it's then, and again, giving yourself that space and taking your awareness off mm -hmm. of relationships even for a little bit yeah uh, yeah we'll give you you will dispel those myths within yourself because mm -hmm. i mean that's something that i tell all of my clients to do i mean in, in my courses and other things is like mindfulness meditation which is basically just being mm -hmm. aware of what you're aware of 
Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Like, that alone is huge because you can yeah. view yourself as the observer and instead of being in the stories or in the myths mm -hmm. and living them mm -hmm. out as if they're true. Yeah, yeah, that's true too. I like you. I like that you said that. It's just giving yourself the space to be and do and think of other things besides being in a relationship. Like, yeah, if you just surrender to sitting on the couch being sad every night, you're not going to be able to get away from it. You're that's all you're going to think about is how alone and you know and lonely you are, and you're not going to be able to get away from those feelings. But if you give yourself the space to be other things and do other things. And be aware, you know, of who you are. It it will make a it will make a big difference. For sure. Well, I know your book talks about a lot more myths. So, where can people find out more about the book and what all you do? Um, well, I have a website. It's akamiadeadweiler .com. You can get the book on Amazon, Barnes and Noble, or any major online bookseller. I'm also on social media at Akamia LD. That's A-C-A-M-E-A-L-D on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And I'm always happy to chat about the book or just women and relationships in general. I just really enjoy having these conversations because as you said, I think that's an important step in the process of process of kind of shifting this narrative. It is. Well, thank you so much for this chat and this conversation. I really appreciate it. Oh no, thank you for having me. Yeah, of course. For everybody tuning in, make sure you go check out her book. Uh, seriously, if any of this stuff resonated and you're listening this far, then it's obviously resonating. So give it a read. Read a book. <laughs> um, all this will be in the show notes down below. Uh, subscribe to the podcast. You guys know the whole spiel. But as always, put some heart into everything. <laughs>